welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello and welcome to the A24 project here on the Nerd Party Network. Every two weeks we look at two films from the A24 filmography and in between we try and bring you interviews with the talent involved. In this week's episode, I'm joined by actress Rebecca Johnson to discuss her role as Ulrika in Ari Aster's Midsummer. Rebecca talks with me about the audition process, working on this incredible Swedish village set, her key role in a scene described by Variety as Midsummer's wild sex scene that is the craziest thing you'll see this summer, shooting the unforgettable maypole dance scene, working with Ari Aster, Jack Rayner, Florence Pugh, and we talk about much, much more. Thanks, Rebecca, for joining me and enjoy the show. What sort of started you on your journey to, to a role in the sort of the creative industry? You're you're an actor, you're an opera singer, you're you're a real jack of all trades. <laughs> um, well, I'm Swedish and I'm living in Budapest, Hungary, and um, I got here because of the singing because I wanted to study here. Um, I'm from a small town in Sweden, and I had a singing teacher there who got me into the classical singing. And um, she only had contacts in Budapest. Her husband is Hungarian. So the natural thing would have been for me to sort of um, continue studies in Stockholm. But instead, I went to Budapest. And um, yeah, I sort of got stuck here. I, I started at the conservatoire, went to the music academy. And yeah, I got stuck here <laughs> and um, started to act a little bit, a long time ago. Um, started with a commercial, then did um, a few films, like just really small parts. Uh, really enjoyed it, but still the singing was my, my big thing. Um, and then last year, no, two years ago, oh God, when we, did we do Midsummer? <laughs> when was it out again? <laughs> um so yeah, it must have been two years ago, I was in a Swedish series and the same casting agency said, yeah, we've got this other Swedish-American thing coming, uh, would you be interested? And I said, yes, of course. So, and that was Midsummer, and I um, did a few auditions and was very lucky. Um, Ari liked me and uh, yeah, so, so I was, um, it was me and another guy a Swedish guy who were casted from Hungary, uh, but the rest of the Swedes were casted from Sweden. So we were very, very lucky to uh, get the opportunity here in Hungary because very often they are looking for very small parts here or extras and so on. So yeah, we were just very, very lucky, and yeah, that's how it, that's how I got into Midsummer really. And uh, yeah, I've been doing a little bit of acting here and there, and now I think doing more acting than singing at the moment. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know. We all kind of know about the Hollywood industry, the British film industry. What's it kind of like in, in Hungary? How What's sort of the industry like there? It's becoming kind of a bit more sort of prevalent in films. I mean, we're recording this just now, and in a few months' time you have 
the new Marvel Black Widow film, which is going to be yes. set there in, in Budapest. Um, you've also things like Gemini Man has recently come out there. There seems to be more and more sort of Hollywood using kind of Budapest, similar to what they're kind of maybe doing in Scotland a bit. What's the kind of industry like there? Is it sort of relying on Hollywood or is it kind of starting to build up its own sort of studios and projects? Yeah, it's just amazing. So um, a few yeah, a few years ago, I didn't know about this. And then when you start getting into it and you start, you know, looking into it and you see how um, attractive it is for someone living in Hungary, speaking English and, um, you know, of course, you have to speak, you have to do either British or American accent is usually what they're looking for, um, or Swedish. <laughs> and... Um, being able to audition for films like Midsummer or like these big series that are coming here as well, it's just absolutely incredible. The opportunities at the moment are incredible and you've got a crew that's getting more and more experienced in these really big Hollywood films. Um, so it's just getting better and better and Budapest um, can be modern Budapest or um, Paris or anything it's just a chameleon of, of all these cities and places and I think uh, not only of course you can get it, it's cheaper um, in Eastern Europe but also you get just this amazing crew you get um, access to roads and and buildings that Usually, I think, well, in Scandinavia, I'm just guessing that, you know, it would be more of a more of a problem to get access to one of the, to close off one of the big roads in the city centre. But here, you can do that for a day or two or a week if you need to. Um, so they just get, the possibilities here are just endless. And yeah, again, with more and more films coming here, you get a better crew and um, yeah, they're, they're all prepared for these big Hollywood films there's nothing they can't do here so it's just amazing when did you sort of first hear about Midsummer? what how was it kind of did it land on your doorstep of oh this is something we'd like you to go along for how did they sort of pitch it to you for for the audition process and what made them think hey this could be the you know this could be a role that might get you some interest yeah well I am Swedish so that was a, a, a big bonus for me and for them um but Hereditary was just out, just coming out, when they started uh, the casting process for Midsummer. So I didn't really know anything about Ari Aster, and they were very secret about who had, who was the director and what was the film about. So there was not a lot of information to start with. Um, and the whole process is, well, first you do little, just a presentation of yourself, and then you have to go through um, lots of these auditions and. Um, the very last step, you actually get a piece of the of the script, but not the entire one. So you just get, you know, just do these two pages or something like that. And um, yeah, and then after I got the role, I started getting more information, let's say, and and looking into this, I realised that this is this is really big. And it wasn't just a couple of days of shooting for me or something like that. Um, it was actually two months, was, which is just the biggest thing I, I had ever done. Um, 
And yeah, it was very intense, but I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Absolutely no idea. Um, knew very little about Ari, of course, read up about him and hereditary and all that. And not, I mean, I'm terrified of horror films, I have to admit. Um, so yeah, I, I, the genre was also quite new to me. So uh, yeah, it was just, um, everything was very new and I had absolutely no idea, no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> when you watched, did you, when you watched Hereditary, what did you think about like, this film is like, it's A24's biggest, you know, kind of box office hit. It's a film that seems to have really kind of, kind of really exploded. What was it like thinking, I'm going to be in that guy's next film that's already got an audience built in that's excited to see whatever this mad genius does next? Well, um, it's it's terrifying in a way, um, as the film is terrifying. You're wondering what's going to happen. What will it be like to be a, on a set where where um, in a, in a proper horror film and and um, that just messes with your mind like that. So you're wondering what it's going to be like. Or uh, am I going to be terrified the entire time? Or um, yeah, you're just wondering, and then reading <laughs> reading the script of Midsummer, um, I I didn't. It was very very scary in, in the way that the film is, but I didn't I didn't quite understand how it would be as scary as Hereditary, for example, um, and being on set. I guess we were you know, get to that later on, but it was just so lovely. <laughs> it was all so lovely. And I think I had no clue that it was going to be just as terrifying as Hereditary until I actually saw the film. So what was the, you kind of touched on it a bit earlier, the, the audition process. Was it always the role of Ulrika that you were up for, or was it just sort of, we want to kind of get you in, sort of we'll feel you out and maybe kind of assign you a, a role? Yeah, I um, I auditioned for two roles. Uh, I'm not going to tell you which one the other one was that I didn't get. Um, but I, I auditioned for Ulrike as well. Um, but I don't think I don't think it was completely finalized at that point. Um, the script wasn't completely finalized. So yeah, I think I, I actually don't know. That much about the whole process that you know went on behind the scenes then because they wouldn't tell me but I think possibly I just uh, they might have wanted to get me in or, or see if I, I should be in the film um, so they gave me these two two roles to audition for and then just luckily I would I fit for one so that was good but um, yeah I'm not sure they 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 were sure about me <laughs> to start with, but I'm really, really glad that they made the choice. And yeah, when you're kind of getting prepared to shoot something like Midsummer, what's your kind of preparation between getting the phone call that you've got the role to your heading towards your first day on set? Um, yeah, um, it's it's tricky because I. Um, like I said, it was reading the script. I, I I loved it, and I 
I totally understood <laughs> stood what was happening. But again, I didn't. Um, Ari has this vision of when he does things, he he understands what they're going to look like to the audience. That when you just read it, you you don't know. He he sees the whole picture immediately, so he sees so much more in the script than than um, anyone else does when they read it, which is just amazing. That's sort of his genius, and. Um, so I read it, it was a bit hard. I mean, I prepared in a way that we all prepared, like Holger, we did lots of exercises together. Uh, we had workshops where we had to do movements together with the choreographer and we did um, like mirroring each other, like the Holgers are doing. So when someone's crying, the rest of us are crying. And we had to do lots and lots of exercises like that. We had to do, um, and it was suggested to do some sort of meditation at home. And so there were lots of preparations that we were given, like this is what you have to do. And personally, you have to do, of course, your own work. Um, but this is a village. This is um, a small town in Sweden. I am from a small town in Sweden. Don't get me wrong. It's not like Horga, but it's still, um, I, I, I'm... I still have, I'm, I'm, I'm Swedish, I still have a lot of these things. I've celebrated Midsummer a million times. Um, so you know about these things. So it's it's more like trying to just, I've lived abroad for a long time. So trying to bring back all the Swedishness in me, I think. That was, that was a big thing I tried to do. But then also all these preparations we did together, and that's really Holger. There's There was so much information on, on about the village, about Holger that we were given and told um, how how they work. So we had to become Holger. So, you know, it's not just, we didn't just start the first day meeting each other there on set. We had met beforehand and done lots and lots of exercises together. You've really read up on what this world that Ari Aster is wanting to create What's it like when you turn up for your first day on set that you start getting your costume fitting, you see this amazing set and design? I, I would love to see like an art book about all these different buildings and the designs that, that kind of went into it. What was it like to see it all kind of brought to life and, and reality after all this reading, all this preparation? You're now in your outfit, you're, you're in that world. It's just incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, the buildings they had made were just sensational, and um, yeah, the, the especially the main house, the bigger house where where they were sleeping, um, Danny and all, all the guys were sleeping, was just I don't know. I, it's difficult to even explain it. It was just it was just incredible, really incredible, from the the pictures on the walls to all the details of the, the beds and, and uh, yeah, and our costumes as well. We all had, even the sh down to the shoes, you know, you had your own shoes with your own runes on it. Um, it was just such detail into everything. It was, it was just remarkable to be, to be part of that. 
when you kind of get to set and you know you've you've kind of crossed paths with Ari Aster sort of during the pre-production what's it like watching him as a, a director kind of working especially with you know you think of something like Hereditary very small cast very intimate this you have loads of extras you have a huge group of characters what was he like to watch kind of directing this you know huge project he, first of all, he's so lovely. He's so nice, and he takes his time talking to everyone. Uh, really, he's so polite. Uh, it's just a really lovely person, and that makes everyone feel relaxed. And um, it it just brings such a good good mood to the set. And all the crew members as well were just uh, fantastic. So it was. And since we all had we had all met beforehand and we all started to get to know each other, um, it was just such a lovely, lovely, lovely atmosphere. And to see him work, of course, he was very focused. He knows exactly what he wants. I'm sure he was really stressed and <laughs> I have no idea what was going on in his head. But whenever he talked to someone, whenever he gave someone instructions, he was always, always very, very polite very kind, very clear with instructions, but always also asking and trying to get that person. So when he when he gave me instructions, let's talk from, from my point of view, when he told me to do something, he also listened to what I thought the character would have done. And very often started to ask, so what do you think? And then continuing and then leading me into, you know, the vision he had. But that's why it was very, very easy to take instructions very easy to work with him because he let everyone put a lot of themselves and what they thought about their character into the character and into the scene um, but still of course he knew exactly what he wanted out of the scene but then it made it so much more real and it made it um, yeah, just I think better <laughs> when everyone gets to put their touch on it and I suppose when you get that thing of like you talked about there, it's not just a few days you're on set for. You're there for two months. You have this big pre-production where you're you're really getting into the vibe of the village. It must give you a, a great chance to really connect with your character, develop it. You know, see a history. That must be such a, a rewarding opportunity as a, as an actor. It was fantastic, and also not to forget that the two. Um, Swedish guys who actually came up with the idea of Horga and who has written they have written this amazing sort of background about Horga um, they were there on set and uh, one of them um, is a producer and the other one was actually uh, with us and you can see him sometimes in Horga he is there um, the background is an extra and so you could ask them everything and you know um the background of your own character and you were days where we were just sitting there chatting away what do you think where have i been and um the pilgrimage as well we were just guessing where where did i go and you know and all the runes they knew everything about that so it's just it's it's not just this form it's just so much background to Horga, and to have them on set and to sit there and just chit chat about um how they came up with this idea and all of that. And then they brought this, so yeah, sorry, uh, they brought this um, presented this. I'm, I 
don't have all the details, maybe you know more than I do about this, but they presented it to Ari, who loved the idea about Holga, and then he wrote the script. This is, and again, I'm really sorry if I'm getting any details wrong here, um, but they were there anyway, so you could chat to them and get all the background information and tell them about the background information. Of course, it didn't have everything, so you could tell them what you thought about your character, and they really, really loved that too, so it was really nice. You touched on it as well that you've celebrated Midsummer ninety times, as opposed to not every ninety years. Were you able to bring any of your own little bits of advice or experience of going? Well, actually, you know, at the Midsummer kind of I've celebrated. There's maybe this or that. Did you get an opportunity to bring some of those real life experiences to to the character in the set? Um, well, they have since they were two Swedes actually um, coming up with the idea of this, and Ari has really done his research. Like there are no accidents to what we're doing um we in sweden today we do not <laughs> sacrifice people and um as far as i know there are not that many uh, people celebrating like Holga does but the Holga dance is so Holga is a village and i think it actually exists um and there is a song about um I think everyone dances, the devil is, is telling everyone to dance until everyone is dead apart from one. So it's a little bit like, you know, in Midsummer when they're all dancing and then you have one May Queen at the end. Um, and we do have a maypole in Sweden now when we celebrate and we dance around it. Um, and usually everyone survives and, <laughs> and it's all good. Uh, but also we... Um, what else do we do? We eat lots of food at midsummer. We eat herring. We eat so, and all these little traditions. I think Ari has has found them from um, like different uh, fairy tales or just um, myths or things like this. So there are no accidents in how they are celebrating midsummer in the film. Uh, and of course, I recognise some elements to how we do celebrate Midsummer today, uh, but it's much, um, much not, not happier, not kinder, but it's just um, less death, I would say, <laughs> today, more alcohol. One of the, I suppose you're part of one of the most unforgettable and quite iconic scenes of the film and really of 2019 where, where Christian arrives in this large barn to the sight of a dozen naked women and a willing and ready Maja to have sex with them. What was it like to shoot that scene and what was the atmosphere like on set? When did it kind of, I imagine when you're sort of reading the script, that's one of the kind of standout scenes. What was it like to then be part of that? First of all, it was every day of the shooting for two months was so incredibly hot. Like it was so, so warm. And then this scene, particular scene, was shot on the last day. And then the temperature dropped. Like, I don't know. It was so cold. And of course, right when you're not wearing any clothes, that's when it gets so, so cold. Um, we were shooting the scene for, I think it must have been, 13 hours um we had done so much preparation beforehand um there was a lot with the singing all the women singing uh we had prepared that for a long time um there was a lot of preparation where the cameras would be um 
I know Ari went through, especially with with um, Maya and Christian, went through exactly what would happen in that scene. So there was just, I think, more preparation for this scene than possibly the dance scene might have been. Uh, yeah, we prepared a lot for the dance scene as well. But apart from that, this scene was, because it involves, you know, Ari didn't want to do 55 takes because everyone's naked. Um, it's it's a bit uncomfortable. Um, so the preparation, it was just a lot of preparation done so that we didn't have to do that many takes. And Ari works with like very, very long takes. So you have to know what you're doing. You have to do the same thing every time. Um, and you don't want to be the one messing up <laughs> the whole scene. So we have to do it again. And in the cold as well, it was just, yeah, I think it was a bit, everyone was a bit nervous to start with because it is very, I mean, it's an unusual scene as it is. It's very bizarre. And then you are completely naked as well. And it's really, really cold. And there are a lot of people watching. You know people are going to watch it later on. But there's also a lot of people there in in that little barn. Um, and, you know, a lot of people have monitors as well. So it's not just the people you see in front of you. You know, there are people outside as well looking. And and also you, there are a lot of things. The timing has to be right. Uh, we had to first all sing. Um, Isabel Maya had to do her thing of, you know, where to look, how to do this and that, where do, do my legs go? And it all ha has to be in the, the right rhythm and the right timing. And then I approaching um, Maya as well, kneeling down. Everything has to be just with the right timing, like right when the camera is in the perfect spot, then you have to do this and that. So it's it's not an easy scene. It's a very, very complicated scene. And it doesn't help that you're not wearing any clothes. And it doesn't help that it's freezing. <laughs> um, so it took a really, really long time to do. But the atmosphere of the people there, and, and um, it was just wonderful. I mean, the women there who, who were there with me and... Um, all the crew members and Ari and everyone was so, um, they, were so they were just fantastic this fantastic fantastic crew everyone were polite everyone were in a good mood um, and yeah we knew we had to be nude but we didn't know that for two months already so it wasn't the biggest issue the biggest issue was that we wanted not to do too many takes if we didn't have to um, to yeah to get it right and to make it look very sort of natural and and comfortable and very holga that you know we're not we're not ashamed of of our bodies and we all look different and um yeah the the atmosphere was actually fantastic um but also it wasn't a sort of yeah everyone were very um, it wasn't a serious atmosphere, but you didn't like no one dared to uh, joke too much because you don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable because it is a very you know delicate situation. You don't want to anyone to feel uncomfortable 
especially when they're naked. It's it's interesting that it makes everything so different. Uh, but it does. It does. It's a kind of surreal moment as you begin to serenade and almost become part of this sexual display up close. What was Ari wanting from you in that scene? And I kind of had a look at the the script itself, and it's it brilliantly describes it as a. Maya looks back at one of the women. It's Ulrika. She smiles tenderly at her. This would be touching if it wasn't so weird. <laughs> what was what was kind of Ari like, kind of directing you as you kind of become part of this very kind of sexual act? You know, you become almost this this third wheel in it. Uh mm-hmm. huh. Um, yeah. I when I read it, um, I I was just thinking there's no way I'm doing this and and then I, I I really didn't understand like why why are all these women here you know the feeling that you probably um get when you watch it for the first time that's what I got when I read it the first time and then I realized I'm in it and I'm doing that um we, it was also sort of a discussion, and with with uh, Maya and Christian as well. Um, how can we do this scene so it will be, so it won't look? I mean, it, it it's weird. It's just it's weird, like like Ari said in the in the script. Um, but it's also beautiful, and I think we we all discussed like how do we do this so it will sort of look natural that I just sort of grab her hand. Well. Obviously, Maya is looking for my as a, a mental something for her. She's looking for some comfort, um, and I'm there, um, and I give her that. And um, Christian uh, is, yeah, he's finding it a bit strange, as as he would. Um, and I think when I'm starting to sing to him as well, it involves entire Holger, so it's not just the three of us anymore, then really it involves the whole village is there with him and with them. And I think the bizarre thing with this scene is that we all, like, it's just Christian who's finding this strange. The rest of us are, like, just getting on with it, you know. We like we know what's going to happen. We don't find this strange at all. And it makes it even more bizarre. And the singing is just brilliant. Like it, it's the timing of of everything is hilarious. Like it's hilarious. But also it leaves you with this aftertaste that is so bitter and because it's it's like you're wondering what happened. This wasn't it, it's not right. And then still I can't not laugh. Um, and a lot of people can't stop laughing. But when we were shooting it, I didn't realise it was going to be that funny. And apologies to everyone who don't do not think it's funny. Um, but I didn't really. And I think the way they cut it was very clever. And I think the whole film Midsummer um, is brilliant because now. I, I think it's brilliant, but because it's got it's um, um, so many moments that you 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 can barely breathe because it's it's just so overwhelming and horrible when Danny's screaming and and all these things happening to her and to the others, and then you have the this humor as well and these points where you just burst out laughing and you really didn't expect it and then especially in this scene you really don't expect expect that because a, a love scene is usually not that funny and it's not bizarre and it's not 
a sort of rape and then you start laughing in the middle because what is this woman doing singing and I think they could have cut it in a different way where it would have been a really horrible scene and also one of those scenes that you would not been able to breathe because what are they doing to him but the way they cut it as well and the timing of everything just it's I think it's just brilliant so I'm I'm I was of course a bit worried um if like what would it look like what's um what would the scene be like when you actually watch it on the screen and how would they have cut it because you have no idea you know you're shooting for so long and and then when I saw it I yeah I'm just really really proud of it and I'm really really happy that I I'm in it you might be able to shed a bit of light on this because uh I am as not as cultured as you and not a master of, of languages. But can you tell us a little bit about the, the song and the song choice? For me, I listen to that and I find it quite a therapeutic song. It has that very kind of cultural, cult kind of vibe. What can, can you tell us a little bit more about the, the song and perhaps its its meaning? Um, well, it, they are not real words. So I'm not singing in Swedish. Um, so what you hear is the... I don't know, maybe it's a hoga sort of just calming, yeah, lullaby or hymn or something like this. Um, and th- th- so they had just these brilliant composers as well. Um, and one one woman, and I'm really sorry if I'm getting any of these names or if I've misunderstood anything, I'm just apologising um, beforehand. Because, um, but a woman called Jessica, and I'm pretty sure she did the melody of this one and of a few other songs that were sung. Uh, and she had, she's been, yeah, she'd been inspired uh, from uh, by Swedish like folk, folk songs and Nordic, just Nordic songs in general. And the sounds to me, it sounds very Swedish. It sounds very Nordic. Um, and also the, the song Maya is singing in the, the beginning, uh, I think it's right in the beginning when you see, see all the snow and all that, and there's a woman or a girl singing this just beautiful tone. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's also um, composed by by Jessica, and if it's not, I'm really sorry, but it's brilliant anyway, whoever composed it. Um so there are lots of these melodies that are, and, and there are other songs being songs being sung as well, but none of them have, they're not in Swedish, and they are just random words or, um, yeah, they sound a bit Swedish, but they're not. Um, and of course, we rehearsed a lot making um, different sounds um, with our voices as well. I'm, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm a trained singer, but this was so different for me to sing and to make these, yeah, little, little, I don't know, just tricks with your voice that I haven't done before. And yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant to to explore that too. But everything is down to detail in this film and they didn't leave anything out. So um, yeah, also the singing has been, we've, we've had like some lessons with, um, where Ari also listened to to it and said, "Yeah, I'd like this. I don't like that," and so that you know it would fit his his um, image of what he wanted from from all the different scenes. 
What were Jack Rayner and Isabel Grill uh, like as, as scene partners for, for something like that? Did you sort of build up quite a, a bond together, kind of working on a scene like that together? Yeah, absolutely. And they are just, uh, they're just amazing. Um, really are. And Jack has got so much experience in films and um, done not similar scenes, but at least scenes where he was, yeah, love scenes like that before. It, it was just so helpful. And um, yeah, he was really he, um, um, helping Isabel a lot, but also I was asking him a lot um, because I've never done anything like it. Uh, he was so helpful and um, such a sweet guy. Uh, it was brilliant. And Isabel as well. And yeah, it, it was the best. <laughs> When you Everyone make, was so supportive. When you make a, a, a you know, you shoot a scene like this, a film like this, and you're kind of in this bubble, you know, it is almost, you're in this own little village. Do you anticipate that when you're shooting a film like this, you know, the end of a 13-hour day, that a scene that you've worked on, play a key role in, will end up being dissected in things like Variety, the New York Times, you know, things going describing it as sort of the weirdest craziest sex scene of all time all these sorts of things and people really looking for the meaning the song choices do you anticipate that or does it come as a surprise when it happens um well both yes and no i um i didn't anticipate the whole film to be of course i i perhaps i should have because of Argy and because of um like you said that he had already fans from hereditary um but of course we knew this scene is is bizarre and it's so special. Um, and I remember, yeah, like um, Jack said when I was I was talking to him and asking for advice about the scene and, and, and how to approach it. And he said, well, Rebecca, after you've done a scene like this, you don't have to worry about anything because, you know, nothing will get weirder ever in your career than this scene, you know. Uh, you won't do anything more difficult than this scene. Um, so it's really, of course we knew this is something people will be talking about this scene, but you don't know if they're going to talk about it in a in a positive way, as I see it when you say this, like it's the bizarre, so I think that's a positive uh, review of it. Um, so you don't know how people, of course, are going are gonna to like it. Um, but when people say they, they, it made an impact on them, that's very positive to me. That's what we wanted. You get, and you're involved in quite a lot of the some iconic moments in this. And you touched on it earlier the maypole dance scene. What was that like to to shoot? I mean, it's it's a beautiful scene in so many levels. It really highlights the production design, the beautiful location, the talent, the music, the choreography. What was that like to to be part of? Uh, it was amazing, and again, we we had to do a lot of preparation for it. We had to dance a lot. Uh, it, it's not the most complicated uh, choreography in one way, which is good because most of us are not dancers, but a lot of them were dancers, so they they also had people who could actually dance that. Um, but for the rest of us, the steps needed to be easy, but you need to act act at the same time as you're dancing. And and again, the timing with the camera and 
everything ha- just has to work. So you have to know the dances really, really well. And we were practicing and practicing and rehearsing and shooting that scene took, again, I can't really remember. I think it took almost a week. So it's just so much dancing and the heat. I mean, it's so hot. It was so hot. And we were dancing and dancing for hours. Um, but it was amazing. And to have this music, which is just fantastic, to have them in like these big speakers, because we had to dance in rhythm. And just every time you heard these drums starting, it was incredible. And I almost get goosebumps thinking about it. It was just really incredible to be part of it. And that's something I think everyone realized throughout the whole shooting, that it was a magical film to be shooting. And it was very special because it was so down to detail and it was so, the details were so special as well that we had movements that we were doing and sometimes starting the mornings with this um, special Holga um, movement or greeting that we had. So it was really like you were living in Holga and you, <laughs> yeah, I'm really selling Holga now, aren't I? Um, but I, I probably would have moved there, yeah. I'm going to be honest. We're introduced to your kind of character a bit earlier in the film, sort of making bread and sort of inviting Florence Pugh's Danny over to to help. What was Pugh like to work with? I mean, as of recording, she's an Academy Award-nominated actress, and I'm really hoping she goes all the way. I thought she was absolutely incredible in in Little Women. What was it like to sort of have your introduction into the film um, for the audience and to sort of work with, with Pugh? You're absolutely right. She's absolutely incredible, and um, in in Midsummer, she's she's, I mean, she's just fantastic. And then as a person, she's also fantastic and so sweet and so talented, but um, a lot of humour and very very down to earth. It was, yeah, we we I think we all got became like this big family. Um, so. Um, yeah, and, and Florence and Jack and all the others, they were just as involved uh, in this as everyone else. We were all um, meeting up in the evening sometimes, going out, and um, we were chatting on sets, and it was just very lovely. It was, um, yeah, I didn't think, um, now this is going to sound a bit, I, I, of course I thought about her as the, the big actress, but I she was just... Um, one of one of Holger, just like everyone else, which was absolutely lovely. What was the kind of atmosphere like on set when I suppose when you have a village together? Do you sort of what's the kind of evenings like? Do you sort of go back to kind of you know into Budapest or kind of other places, or do you continue to have that sort of community spirit that we can really see on the screen together? Um, well, there were so many people involved, uh, first of all, with, with also the Hungarians and the crew. I mean, the, on, on set, um, in front of the camera were sometimes, I think, 80, 90 people, which is a lot. Uh, and, um, yeah, so all the Swedes, we were, we were very close and we still meet up sometimes and we're still very close. And... Um, yeah, there were evenings when we went out together and uh, we had dinners. Or, um, but I mean, for me personally, um, 
the other the others came here and you know staying at a hotel and so on so they were meeting up a little bit more i live here i have um, family as well my my son was just one um so i kind of had hands full i uh, had to wake up early for the shooting and on my days off i woke up early because of my son so i don't think i slept <laughs> at all for those two months because there was always something you know um so I, I had to go home and look after him quite a lot, of course. Uh, but I could also meet up with the others from time to time. And yeah, we all just became a big family. It's, it was really nice. When did you sort of see the, the finished film? And what was it like finishing that two-month shoot and then that's it, away, it's off to post-production. Do you sit there worrying, thinking, am I going to be cut? Am I going to be, you know, how is it all going to kind of come together? What was the process like waiting to see that finished film and, and what was that first night like? Um, I'm, I'm very impatient as a person, so it was a long wait. And, of course, you're always worried about being cut or um, that, you know, you, you you won't appear the way you thought or they will have um, not just cut you out, but maybe cut the scene in a way that, you know, wasn't what you imagined. Um, and also you're so worried about what people will think about the whole film, not just your performance, but of course the whole film. Um, I, I was invited to, there was a Swedish premiere and I was shooting something else and I couldn't go and I was really really sad about it but then there was a Hungarian premiere as well so I went um, with a lot of the crew and it was for two nights it was kind of a pre-screening of some sort so I saw it two nights in a row and I think I needed that because it's a lot to take in um, but I was really really happy um, of course I'm, I'm biased looking at it I, I you see Hog and you see oh it feels like home when you're watching it oh look that I remember what happened here and there so you can't watch it with completely new eyes uh, but it was really really nice to see how it uh, turned out what's it like being part of such a, a huge film that what I found quite incredible about Midsummer is it seems to have really inspired people not just in terms of we touched on it people are discussing your work this film and going into real detail and depth about the art the design but also it seems to have inspired people creatively there's so much art and design that people are creating you know it seems to have really impacted on people what is it as someone that's involved in it do you think that's so special at midsummer that it's kind of gone beyond a film people like it's something that people are inspired by feel created want to feel inspired to be creative as well by what do you think that special thing is about midsummer it's so wonderful to see that people like it that much um, I'm, I'm very honored to have been part of something that has an impact on people like that um i i can understand why and i think as well with with um today's focus on mental health it's a very modern film like that and then you have all this beauty and the the folklore and all that it's just um, a very attractive film like that and I think 
a lot of people feel so many different things. I can, um, like when my friends have, have watched it, some of them say, yeah, it was really, it was funny. It wasn't that scary. And then some others have just, you know, not really been able to talk about it for a couple of weeks. Because depending um, on what you're going through at the moment, it affects people so differently. And I think that's very unique um, with a film that has so many sort of um, angles to it and can touch people so deeply in different ways. It's very special. It makes it very special. And again, this was nothing I, I anticipated at all. Um, could have dreamed of when when we were shooting it or before I, when I just read the script, um, but I'm sure Ari could <laughs> though because I, I think he knew what he was creating and um, yeah, it's just it's just an honour to have been part of something like this. With the kind of the film as well, that what's it like when people reach out to you to kind of talk about this film? Is there an element that you want to kind of keep? You know. I suppose there's so many elements of it which are quite secretive, open to interpretation. What's it like when people watch these films or friends reach out to you and want to discuss the kind of your scenes and characters? Do you like to keep an element of the mystery or is it something that's quite exciting to, to break down and, and share your interpretation perhaps or something? Well, there are, um, there are a lot of things I, I don't know um, that people have found afterwards. I know little clues and little things here and there that I, I don't know about, so I can, I'm as clueless as, as they are. Um, and then there are, of course, things that, for example, things that we've been shooting that aren't in the film. Um, and I am not sure how much I'm allowed to talk about them, so I that's why I just rather don't. So I don't say too much. Um, and... Yeah, so I, I think what you see in the film, I can talk about all those things that you can see and some of the things I know what happened, uh, why why is it like this? Well, I can tell you it's because of this and this. But then, of course, when I hear, if I hear people discussing it, I don't want to tell them what happened or why it was like that because I think, um, yeah, a nice part when you watch a film uh, is wondering about things and discussing things. I think that's... That's part of the beauty as well. I don't want to spoil that. So, <laughs> Has the film had much of an impact in, in kind of Hungary and, and Budapest? Is this something that they're really proud of to have been the location for this fantastic film that people are seeing all around the world? Um, yes, of course, of course. But also, like you mentioned earlier, there's so much being shot here. And I think they are proud of all of that. Um, and they're proud of being a city where films like this are being shot in. Uh, uh, so I, I think Midsummer, absolutely. But I think um, they are proud of of big productions and Hollywood productions coming here. But again, in Midsummer, there were so many people involved as well. And with the crew, I've met the crew um, several times in other sets as well. And um, other films and, and shootings because it's a small world as well. Um, so I think with Midsummer there were so many people involved, so I think it, it has a special place in a lot of people people's hearts because they were in it. Um, but yeah, I think um, they are very proud in general, which they should be, that Hungary and Budapest is a great city for shooting big films in. Great films. 
What's been the impact on you? What's it like when you can put Midsummer for your vocal talents, for your acting, onto your CV, IMDb? Does it have much of a, an impact professionally as much as personally? It was one of my, well, it was my first bigger role and uh, the longest shooting I've done. Uh, so, of course, it had an impact on me personally. It was... Uh, yeah, and, and like I said, my son was, was just um, over one, and it was it was the first uh, the first thing I did after having a baby. It was this, and it's not like I I, I was just not prepared uh, for anything really. Uh, it was my first job, my first anything after after the baby, and. Um, yeah, I was. It was very intense, but very nice because when you just when you have a kid, um, you you are home with a baby. Everything is lovely, but you also feel kind of it's a bit lonely having a child. And even if you meet up with people, and you you sort of lose a little bit of of yourself and of what you used to do or what you're doing. And I'm sure this is different for everyone, but. This is what happened to me. And I was still singing. I was still doing things. But, you know, I was just tired all the time. And um, not that much time to, to practice singing. Not as much as I wanted. And then I got this. And I thought, you know, how are we going to manage? And, and my husband and I sat down. And we um, we, we just managed. <laughs> managed it. But it wasn't easy. And... It was so worth it and it was so wonderful to sort of get out and meet people again and challenge yourself. So for me personally, it was amazing and um, very important to me. And for my career, of course, it was a big, big thing, a big step. Um, it, it does look good on your CV and I feel much more comfortable as an actress after doing it. And yeah, just hoping, hoping there will be more roles like that, <laughs> similar. We, we pose this question to, to everyone we get on here. What are some of the highlights of the, the A24 filmography for you? Well, again, I'm, I'm quite biased to Midsummer, <laughs> obviously. Um, but um, yeah, mm, let me see. Well, The Room brilliant um but yeah i think a24 is um it's just yeah brilliant in general because they're very brave um with films and very clever with with the films or the films are very clever so um yeah but i mean midsummer is always going to be my my favorite one but for obvious reasons so yeah I'm a bit biased to that one. They seem to have really enjoyed sort of Midsummer, not just as this film that they released but in terms of like the marketing for it it's had a great ad campaign I don't know if you've seen the Bear in a Cage trailer they released as well and like the t-shirts it's it's such a you know they've really embraced Midsummer in quite a way have you picked up any of that kind of merchandise or anything from the uh, the Midsummer collection have you got a bear in a cage I so wish I had a bear in a cage I really really wish I did I thought they were brilliant um and I really like that 
it's it's a horror film but like all these things are just hilarious and um it's such a contrast to the film itself although it's not but yeah it, it's just brilliant but I, again i really wish i had a bear in a cage <laughs> i'm afraid i don't have you managed to get the song out of your head yet or have i just put it back in again yeah, well, now all the like the whole the whole midsummer soundtrack is now just spinning spinning <laughs> in my head. To be honest with you, <laughs> it, it was the most catchy thing of like I remembered me and my friend we heard it. it was like it's a bear in a cage, and it was like oh my god, this song is stuck in my head. They have managed to find <laughs> the most infectious little theme tune I've ever heard. Yeah, it should have been in the film, really. Exactly, they could have had like as a little end credit stinger or something like that. Or when they passed the bear, that could have been a sort of little tune in the background perhaps there we go someone will make a youtube video of that that listens to this that can be someone someone's job and kind of yeah. and kind of finally what can people look forward to from you next and what's the kind of best kind of like maybe social media platforms to to kind of follow any any news from yourself um to follow any news i guess instagram is the best but i'm not like updating very frequently but um a little bit um so anyone who wants to is welcome to follow me there um next um i've only done um, smaller parts so there will be little things coming out i i don't know how much i can say at the moment but i think in 2020 late 2020 or 2021 you'll see more but let's just say i'll, I'll, I'll post it on instagram then i can i can promise to do that so if anyone is interested then you'll find it there that's a good a good tease for us there. So, but thank you so much for for coming on to to talk with me today. I really appreciate it. It's been been fantastic to go behind the scenes of Midsummer so and, and learn more about your your role and career. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.